0: You're not rocking with Big Goose Radio, yes sir, with Big Manny and Bug. Yes sir. So, Jerusalem High. Yeah, that's like what we're it. calling the segment. I like it. The PK segment. <laughs> and just let me give the listeners some context. I saw this this meme on social media. I don't mm-hmm. know if you got a chance to see it. What? Or or where I got the idea? Or so it was a meme mm-hmm. on on social media, and it said pastor's kids think they went to Jerusalem High mm. or something, like that, right? <laughs> just kind of clowning. And so I thought that was pretty funny. Somebody tagged me in it uh, a couple months ago, and there was all these different pastor's kids that got on there and just started responding, <laughs> and we are just kind of clowning on each other. And so hence the birth of this segment of ours, mm. uh, Jerusalem High, uh, PK segment where we, we'll be talking about our experiences as pastor's kids so yeah manny man when when did you discover that you you were a pastor's kid at what point um in your life did you yeah right find out like oh i have this responsibility yeah because i'm a pastor's kid mm-hmm. or you know and so
1: for me um to be honest book my grandparents were pastors oh and so, always you always know been. What i'm saying that so my mom's parents were pastors And then I was always a pastor's grandkid, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, like, my, I want (laughs) to say my ninth grade year in high school Mm -hmm. um, when my dad, you know, um, decided that he was going to take up the ministry. Um, There was a church that was looking for a pastor at that time in the Mafkana, the Samoan district back at home in Hawaii. In Hawaii. In Hawaii, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, um, my dad was a youth leader at that time, you know, at at, at Pro Harbor Samoan Assembly of God. And then... uh, yeah, the pastors got together and they asked um, if he would be able to step up to the call. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started, you know, understanding, like, you know, because my whole life from kindergarten to eighth grade, I'm walling out. Wow. I'm living life like, you know what I mean? Like just a yeah. typical kid, not not worrying about what people might think of me, what people might say. And I don't think anybody else cared, too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it wasn't to ninth grade. And it was hard for me, but because... Yeah. I'm like going into the years, you know, um, in high school where you start to figure out the kind of person you want to be. You yeah. want to establish who you are, and you know, in those you're high still school searching, yeah. kind you, you, of, yeah. in the high school years, you know, like eighth grade, and you yeah. you're just being a kid. You know, when you step into ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, now you're like, okay, I'm I'm thinking about my future you know and, and I who, what kind of person I want to be around people you start hanging around with different types of crews and stuff that's when you were cause
0: you were like a Seahawks fan during
1: <laughs> <laughs> never never oh
0: okay. <laughs> I just checking him. yeah but,
1: <laughs> but uh it was in those stages where dad said yes I will answer the call and mm. for me and my brothers and, and you know my sister uh, we were like hey that's kinda not like what we want you mm. know what I mean and so we had to struggle through, we struggled with the fact that, um, God, you called my parents, but I didn't ask for this. Wow, You know what I'm saying? Deep, yeah. While I'm going through that whole teenage transition, yeah. you know, about, you know, because after passing, you know, like after church on Sunday, you're still a kid and yeah, you're still yeah, trying yeah, to live yeah. your life and you're still trying to, you know, be who you are in society. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing for me was the magnifying glass and, you know, the mm. microscope that was put on your life. After you become a PK, talk talk
0: a little specifically about the magnifying glass. Yeah, because um, listeners probably don't know. Like, if yeah, you're not a PK, yeah. you won't understand that concept.
1: Exactly, and so when PKs get together, we talk about the magnifying glass and what this is. Is, um, you know, because you're a pastor's kid now, and so people automatically hold you to a higher standard. Mm. And, and and they, I don't, I don't want to say they want they want you to fail, but when you fail. Because you're under a magnifying glass, everything is magnified.
2: Mm. Meaning it's
1: bigger now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's bigger than what it is. Yeah. And so, you know, me from K to eighth grade, I'm living life however I want. And, you know, not doing anything crazy and out of the ordinary, but just just being an adolescence, yeah. Yeah, just being, you know, messing up here and there. And um now in ninth grade and in tenth grade when I'm messing up, now everything's like Mm. dude. You're a pastor's son, you shouldn't be acting like that. Mm. Dude, you, you gotta you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're 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 embarrassing your family. Mm. You're shaming your father yeah. and you know, stuff like that. And so And so that's my experience. Mm. Um in in talking about you know the magnifying glass. And so I know that you're a PK too. Yes, sir. And so um what are some things that you would like to shed light on that not a lot of people know? You know what I mean? And growing up is being a PK and stuff like that.
0: So my experience, man, much similar to yours, Manny. Pops decided to become a pastor when I was a freshman. I think the same thing okay. for you, right? Okay. And so we actually, that was like a huge transition for me because yeah. I grew up stateside. I was born in the Bay Area, okay. San Jose, California. Yeah, that, that I mean. <laughs> And uh, kind of thought dad was in the military, so we moved around mm. a lot, right? And so um, he made a promise to his mother that yeah. he would that he would become a pastor. Okay. And so he left Samoa uh, to join the military, but in the back of his mind, uh, when he uh, retired from the military, yeah. that he would go and fulfill that call. Mm.
1: So it was always a goal.
0: It was also going. No and matter Dad's what. Mind. Yeah. Like, I didn't know yeah, that. Exactly, he yeah. yeah. might have <laughs> shared that with my mom. Uh-huh. But I didn't know. Yeah, I, yeah. All I knew was that, um, the, you know, the end of my eighth grade year, mm-hmm. dad was, he took the test to yeah. enter the Canonical Theological Seminary. And all I knew was that we were going to Samoa, and dad was going to be a pastor. He was going to go to school. I was still oh. like, I still didn't understand what that meant. Yeah, yeah. You know I was just like okay I guess we're going to Samoa <laughs> you know and you're gonna be a pastor yeah. like it didn't resonate with me at the time so one I get to Samoa culture shock there already mm-hmm. because I grew up stateside yeah. with that mind that mindset and then I go to Samoa <clears throat> and then it it's a culture shock it's totally different so I have to adapt yeah you know to that to that lifestyle but it truly saved my life mm. you know going to Samoa yeah. and learning about my culture and my heritage and where I came where I come from um, that was super important. It really shaped who I am today, yeah. And and the way I look at life and approach life, yeah. For the most part. That's good. And so I feel like I have best of the both worlds. You yeah. Know, as it relates to you know going up stateside, and I can speak English. Yeah fluently, I can speak Samoan yeah, fluently, you, can. you
1: know. So, <laughs> I'm still working on
0: my <laughs> <laughs> That's been a huge help, but but I didn't know. So for four years, dude, we were in Samoa because mm-hmm. it's a it's a four year college. Okay. And so it still didn't what resonated to me is like the like being in school and seminary for my dad. Like it was something that we all had to be in oh, okay. invested in. Yeah. Like so for four years, like they have these rules. Yeah. In the seminary school, like you have to go to morning devotion mm. early in the morning. The lights, the lights, bro, have to be off at like nine PM every Mm. night, and if you don't, if you have the lights off after a lot of time, you get fasala, you Mm. get trouble, right? So all these different rules we had to adapt to culture, it didn't resonate, and so I, I I, I didn't understand the calling of dad, his his calling to be a pastor, until probably like early twenties, man
1: because I was wow. a Renegade
0: man I was I was Yeah yeah I was making a bunch of bad decisions mm-hmm. that were that impacted my family more importantly my father and his role as a pastor yeah. and you know in Samoa culture that's a big deal Yeah right so yeah. to be in Samoa but that's you know trying to get uh become a pastor going to school for it and then here you have this this 14 15 year old punk <laughs> kid from from, from America mm-hmm. who's come and is angry and upset about that doesn't really care about that yeah. all I care about is me yeah really I didn't understand that you know all, all all dad was sacrificing to become this yeah and so it wasn't until like my senior year where I saw the grace of God put me in a in a in a personal story yeah where God you know his grace you know just Bailed me out of a situation. Yeah. I, it was an, at that moment. It was a defi- it was actually graduation day for me. Wow. It was a defining moment in my life where I saw uh God's love. I mean, God's love's always been around yeah. me, right? I didn't I didn't take time to pay attention or mm. honor it. And it wasn't until that moment happened where was I different. honored it yeah. and I felt like, yo, this is the God that we serve. Yeah. This is the Jesus that <laughs> I go to school and they're talking about, but I'm not paying yeah. attention. And so I saw that, and so even into early adulthood, 18 to like 22, 23, I was still searching for myself. Yeah, I still didn't understand dad's calling. Wow. I was just kind of, you know, I was a renegade, bro. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of lived life, you know, by my own rules for the most part. <laughs> and it wasn't until I began to mature and develop more uh, spiritually where I, I, and then I, I think the the piece that really brought it together for me, man, it was when I got married. Yeah. And just a couple of years before I got married, I felt like God was moving, moving, moving me yeah. away from a certain lifestyle into a calling. Yeah, that's good. And 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 then I realized, like, yo, my dad's a pastor. I'm the pastor's kid. Like this ministry is a responsibility. Requires, yeah, yeah. yeah, All of us. <laughs> and so it was at that point where I was wow. like, man, you know, and and I, I just it was by the grace of God, man. So. So that that was the point of my life where yeah. I just figured out, yo, this is the calling, and that it, it there's a responsibility, and that all these eyes are on me, the magnifying glass, yeah. Yeah. so to speak, as you mentioned. So <coughs> that's what it was for me, man. What, what for you, like, and, and I have many different experiences, but for you specifically, what were what, what was the what where were the moments that you struggled as a pastor's kid being in the church?
1: Well, the biggest thing for me, one of the biggest things for me was um, when you would hear whispers uh, when people didn't agree mm. with the way the pastor um, moved. Talk about that, and, bro. Uh, you know, and, and you kind of like have to, well, at first you don't know how to. You don't know how to um, separate yourself and not make things so personal and understand that, you know, in the verse where the, the Bible says um, uh, the, Lord, the battle is the Lord's and it's mm. not yours. And you know, when you're growing up, because naturally that's your mom and dad. And so when they're hurt, you feel that hurt. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, because mom and dad was still learning how to, how to do that too. Um, a lot of the hurt was on us. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah.
1: When they would come home angry or whatever, it was, it was shown to us. And we were kind of like, yo, the church did this to you. Oh, what's up? You know what I mean? And, and so that was a big, big struggle for me. And, and I kind of like just had to pray. Mm. I think prayer was one of the biggest things that, that I had to go to to ask God, like, God, how do I separate myself knowing that the calling that you put on my parents and the calling that you put on my family, it's much more bigger than somebody's mm. attitude. And it's much more bigger than, yeah. than what people got to say about us or how they feel about mm. us. God, show me how to work through mm. these things. You know what I'm saying? And so that was one thing for me. And there's many, but... Um, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Um, I know you heard the term before, uh, pastor's kids are the worst. Where do you think that stems from?
0: Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. That is, you know, it seems to be the mantra, man, for pastor's kids, mm. man. And this, and there's all these different perceptions. Yeah. There's these stigmas behind, you know, pastors' kids, and you hear that's a saying that's commonly said: pastors' kids, all oh, are the worst kids. You know, in my case, man, I made that statement true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was, man, I was a pastor's kid who was, who was terrible, man. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a
1: big thing know, to admit it, man. Yeah, man,
0: it was. I I shame my father in, in the, a lot of instances, and you know, looking back as I reflect, yeah. like, yo, it's helped me grow, yeah. a lot. But I do feel, I feel bad, I feel sorry, yeah. Man. But but there, are, I think there are different perspective. There's different perspectives and lenses to to think about that statement. Yeah, right. And there's a certain truth because I think that then the focus becomes on on us as pastors' kids, and that we um, are in a different kind of element mm. versus this people or kids in general. Yeah, right. Because I'm a pastor's kid, I'm not right. I'm not. Less than or more than anybody, anybody else, but we're equal, yeah. And so, because there's this title, it's just a title, right? But we all will enter heaven, right? The same way, the same way, yeah. right? There's no special doorway because I'm <laughs> going to pass this kid, <laughs> there's no right? backdoor access, there's, no, yeah, there's none of that, you know. And so, <clears throat> yeah, man, I think that, that that statement, you know, I'm cautious to to have that conversation with people who don't understand. Yeah, that's good. Right? From yeah. my perspective. Because I, I can have this con- yeah. conversation with you, Manny, yeah. in full transparency, because you're a pastor's kid and mm-hmm. you understand. And so whatever I say, you won't sit there and be like, judge me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we, we we walk the si- a similar line. Yeah.
1: And I think, like, you know, similar to what you're saying, there's two sides to this, right? And so the challenges for a pastor's kid, um, how can you get mad at the quote? How can we... Yeah. Get mad at the quote if we're making the quote a true quote.
2: Yeah.
1: Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. If we're living, if we're not living according to what's required of us, then how can I get mad about people saying that? Yeah. And then also the other side of it, um, for our for people who aren't pastors' kids to understand that there's no hotter hell for us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so so many times we automatically raise the bar for pastors' kids. Raise the bar for the pastor's family, not realizing that hey, everybody's human, and and that's not you know some can say oh that's an excuse that's an excuse that's reality we are just human, and God requires much more from us, but for us as 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 people who aren't pastors' kids to automatically assume you know because if like like for instance if I steal five cents from my mom's purse and somebody else steals five cents you know regular member in the mm-hmm. church steals five cents. Do I go to a hotter hell? Mm. Because if I go mm. to a hotter hell, then you better give me a better a mansion in heaven, then. Ooh. Right, and so Say and so that. for for people who aren't pastors' kids and who and you know, there's no negative. We're not trying to. We're just trying to bring clarity. Yeah. Right. Uh, Big Goose Radio. We're having a segment, Jerusalem High, Jerusalem yeah. High, just to um, bring some clarity to the life of a pastor's kid what's required of the life of a pastor or, or from a pastor's kid. And, and so I, you know, that's a, it's a huge responsibility. It is. It I is. mean,
0: I, I, I'm grateful and thankful for the, the opportunity to be a pastor's kid. It's mm-hmm. a blessing to me because I get to see the people that I love yeah. up there preaching the word yeah. of God. There's no better feeling. Yeah, And and, I, and, and there's nothing that I would, nothing mm-hmm. else that I would want to be a part of yep. and to, to be in ministry in general, yep. serving the Lord. But how great is it to do
1: that? With? Yeah, for real. The
0: people that you love, your parents. Yeah. You know and mean? so
1: I don't want to focus so much. On, I know a lot about what we're talking about is it might sound negative. It might sound like we don't love the life. It it it, it was just new to us. Right. Yeah. And then what, once we became um, understanding of the role of the title of, you know, things like that, um, I, I honestly can tell you, Boog, that it's been a joy yeah. um, to watch people get healed. Watch, yeah. pe- you know, watch mom and dad serve and pray over people and lay hands over people and, and people just get healed and blessed. And so that's been a a blessing for me too. You know what I mean? Um, that's been a joy for me to watch people get saved and people get healed on so many different ways. Yeah. You know There's what
0: I mean? There's nothing, nothing more fulfilling than to watch People fall in love with Jesus. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it
1: reminds you of your first time. <laughs> it,
0: reminds me of, it reminds me all the time of my first time mm-hmm. falling in love with Jesus, and I find myself falling in love with Jesus more and more when I yes, see sir. you know when I see or see or hear Dad and my family, my parents preach the Word of God. It's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. It's yeah. dope. Um, and so, and this is super. You know. It's near and dear to our hearts so as we share our thoughts about being pastors' kids. It's just, it's just allowing us to talk openly and freely about yep. our own personal experiences and, and provide uh, a platform for other PKs to come together and just talk and share. Because when well, there's certain pressures that, yep. we, that we feel um, that it brings about, but we trust in the Lord. Yep. Do it all. We have some. Yes. Yes. We're going to be on the show with us and I'm excited about our guests so stay locked in with us Big Goose Radio yes sir you're not rocking with Big Goose Radio yes, sir Big Manny and Bug and we're having some great conversation here uh, me and my Oose old Manny um, this is a segment that we call uh, Jerusalem High <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's a PK segment, and we've mentioned this many times. If you've been following our podcast, our radio station, you know uh, very well that Manny and I are PKs. We've yeah. expressed that many times. You'll probably get tired, people are probably getting tired of hearing that, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, I just <laughs> had
1: my dad on here too, so I know we had in the last segment.
0: We had so, Pastor Mal Pomeleon that kind of gave it away that yeah, I was a PK, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Um, And even given the work and the context of the work that we've been doing in our community here, folks know that. But we speak a lot about that because it's near and dear to our heart.
1: Yeah, and I think it's very important to like uh, this segment. I think it's very important to kind of shine some light on the life of of a PK. Absolutely.
0: Folks need to. I think it's good to just for people to hear our perspective. Yeah. And to just give folks, you know, kind of the breadth of what what goes on in, in our day-to-day lives and mm-hmm. the responsibility being fortunate enough for Big Oost Radio we actually have a guest with us yes, right? Yes we do. And I'm excited about um, our guest today um she they she hails from uh she hails from Las Vegas actually uh I think Los Angeles is her home correct? No Hawaii is Hawaii is her home I'm sorry um Her name is C.I. Napelu, and her, her, both her and her husband, Philip are campus pastors of Great Life 702 702. in Las Vegas. Shout out to 702. Um, Her parents also are pastors, of course, well-known pastors, Pastors David and Debbie Katina. Shout out to uh, Pastor David and and Debbie as well. Um, Together, they both have three beautiful daughters, Brave, Bailey, and Brooke. Um, C.I.'s passion is to see people encounter Jesus. Uh, in a personal way, in a way that helps them to discover and fulfill their God-given purpose. Yeah. And so, with no further ado, let give it up for Mrs. Not Nabeza.
3: <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining
0: us, Ciai. How's the weather out there in Las Vegas?
3: It's nice. It's nice. It's it's springtime, so it's not too hot, not too cold, so it's actually nice today.
1: Is it is it close to, like, back home in Hawaii, or is
3: it? No, not at all. It's Hawaii's more humid. Here it's just dry heat. Um, so yeah, it's nothing guessing? like yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Okay.
0: There was some snow there too, right?
3: Yeah, there there was. There we got a lot of snow uh, a couple of months ago. So that was that was nice, but that nothing so beats impressive. the beaches in Hawaii and yeah, nothing like home. So,
0: so, so, so Hawaii's home for you. Yes. You have been, both you and Philip have been in Las Vegas for how long?
3: We, this will be our third year, our third year here in Vegas. Yeah. And
0: prior to Las Vegas, you guys were.
3: Prior to Vegas, we were in Los Angeles. Um, We were helping my brother there. He pastors a church as well in Carson, California. So we were there. Uh, for five years and then we were launched to come here to vegas to pastor the church here so this will be our third year uh pastoring here in vegas
1: and and uh when you're talking about your brother you
0: talking about moses
1: yes
3: okay.
0: all right
1: shout, shout, out, shout out to out moses, to moses. <laughs> pastor moses could be in
3: Carson,
0: california holding it down so i gotta ask you this you know i'm gonna ask this Manny. what ci are you a lakers fan
3: I, uh, I mean, my family are Lakers fans, so I guess that makes me a Lakers fan. Yay, but. Hey, let's go. <laughs> hey, Hey, take anything.
1: Booga yeah, i take take a maybe. I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, thinking about take it. i take No. I know I know your dad is a big time Lakers fan. Yes. Is he?
3: Yeah, he is.
0: Oh, okay. That's what's actually a lot of the Katinas, I yes. follow them
1: on social media. I think you're doing too much. <laughs> no, I don't I'm think, just I don't saying think it, man. all of just saying, man. I just said Pastor David. So CI. <laughs>
0: this is for Manny and I, first of all, we want to thank you for taking the time yeah. out, thank you guys out of your schedule to I know you're we know you're busy with the ministry there. Um, but this is uh, a really intentional time for us to just create a space for us to to talk about what it is to live as um, a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. Talk about your experience, and, and we just thought it'd be funny to to add some you know you know funny context to it. And we yeah. call this segment "Jerusalem ha! <laughs> <laughs> nice, right? And so we, we want to ask a couple questions Okay. Um, to you get your kind of dive into into your into your mind mm-hmm. a little bit about um what that means to you and so much I guess I'd ask uh, when did you realize you were a pastor's kid and and what I mean by that is like at what moment in your life did you realize like oh I'm, my parents are pastors mm-hmm. and, all right I have a responsibility yeah, yeah. For, to whatever it is and mm-hmm. at what moment was that for you
3: well I think for me growing up I kind of always knew that I was a pastor's kid. I mean, I was, when I was born, my parents were already pastors. So, um, you know, growing up, I, kind of already knew that I was a pastor's kid. Of course, because of conversations that would be had at home, you're at church pretty much 24 seven. Um, but I think when I really realized it was, I want to say in high school, um, I, because that was just, that was in a time in my life where, um, I felt the weight of the responsibility. Mm, and really. what I mean by that is, you know, due to friends and, and people that I hung around with that I, I was connected to. Um, I guess that's when I began to see that I had to not had to, but I felt like I had to act a certain way, talk a mm. certain way. There was certain, um, I was involved with a lot of different ministries at church. And so, Of course, that came with a responsibility. And so, um, but even from when I was younger, you know, we would go to church conferences, we would travel around the world with my parents. So there was always some kind of, you know, special treatment, I guess, for the lack of better words. Um, (laughs) Some some of it, some of it was, you know, it was to my advantage and some of it not, you know, because when you're a pastor's kid, you kind of live in this glass fishbowl thing where everyone sees your whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would say it was in high school where I, I kind of began to feel the weight of the responsibility of what that actually means to be a pastor's kid.
0: Well, wow. How did how do you feel like that helped to shape or uh, it maybe it helped to shape or just, I, I, I might say just shape in general your identity, like to, t- you know, realize mm-hmm. that in high school, like were you and I speak because for me personally, you know, when I was in high school, my father was actually in school, okay, to become mm-hmm. a pastor, mm-hmm. and it actually didn't hit me, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean, I yeah. didn't really, mm-hmm. I didn't connect with it, it mm-hmm. didn't resonate in my mind. Like yeah. I was still living life based on what you know my own perspective, yeah. means, right? And yeah. So I didn't, I didn't feel the onus of that, mm-hmm. and so as I got older it began to kind of mess with me, right? Oh, and so yeah. my, my question to you is like, how did, how did that responsibility help to shape your identity?
3: It, um, you know, I think any pastor's kid would say that, you know, being a pastor's kid growing up in ministry it has its pros and its cons. And when I was in high school, it did more, um, I guess it did more damage to me than good um yeah. not because i don't want to say it was because of the title but it was because of my own perception of what i felt like i had to i had to live up to certain expectations mm. you know um the thing about being a pastor's kid is you you never get asked to be put in this position you know it's kind of yeah. like your uh, parents yeah. take on the calling and, and and then you just automatically have to adjust to that and so in high school i i viewed being a pastor's kid more negatively than positive um and it was just because i allowed myself to listen to people's expectations rather than connecting myself to god himself and asking Mm. okay what does this mean how do i how do i walk this out and so um i think if there's any other pastor's kids who are going to listen to this i pray that they would know that being a pastor's kid is really just a title you know because our identity is really found in who God is to us Mm. and so it wasn't until I want to say about my senior year where I had to get myself together you know to a place where I told myself okay I'm gonna graduate I'm gonna become an adult where I need to know who I am for me I cannot always live off of you know I can't always blame the church I can't always blame ministry I can't always blame you know oh the title of being a pastor's kid there came a time where I had to kind of find out who God was in me for myself
1: that's good I think it's very interesting that you mentioned um, because you know high school can be some tough years yeah um, when you're going through your high school years that's where a lot of people um, I, I would say almost everybody kind of figure out okay, this is the kind of person I'm going to be in in life. Yeah. And yeah. this is what my identity, I'm, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's where most of it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you start to hang out with different crowds and you get to feel, uh, because me, when I became a pastor's care, my parents, I was just, I think, ninth grade. Mm. And Boog doesn't even know this, but when I came in, when my parents became pastors, I just got into those years where I'm starting to, um, put my foot down and say this is me this is who yeah. I'm gonna be yeah but then you know from like CI I think it's very interesting that you said you even from birth that mm-hmm. you knew that you were pastor's kid and yet it didn't take all the to your senior year to figure it out yeah yeah the responsibility and the weight of things um so what are some joys um of you that you found in in your journey um being a pastor's kid um uh, because a lot of times you know we like to you know, cause I kind of dealt with the same thing where I looked at it as a ne- from a negative standpoint. Mm. Like, man, everybody's watching me. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on my tail about this and that. Yeah. And, you know, from from kindergarten to eighth grade, ain't nobody care about my life. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? I,
1: I get to do I get the yeah. freedom to do whatever. Yeah. And now the magnifying glass is on me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But but I'm entering into a point of my life where I'm trying to establish my identity. Mm. Right? But now everybody's magnifying glasses on me. At, yeah. You know I mean? So I took, when, when I became a pastor's kid, it was very difficult for me. Yeah. Um. And I saw it from those lenses. But what are some joys? If you can share with our listeners, what are some joys about being a pastor's kid? And when you did find God in your senior year for yourself?
3: Mm-hmm. I, I love that, you know, you guys are asking about the joys because uh, I, I think that sometimes it's easy to, As pastor's kids, I mean, if we can be honest, there are times where we could take on a more victim mindset, you know, that, you know, just like what we've mentioned about people watching us and, but there are joys of being a pastor's kid. And I think for me, just speaking personally in my own life, um, one of the greatest joys that I have is being able to um, watch my parents and the example that they set Mm -hmm. for us, um, you know, seeing them enjoy Ministry and not enduring ministry,
4: um,
3: and when when I see the joy that they have, you know, I think that encourages me. And being able to see that firsthand um, in an example as as them, um, I that's that's what brings me joy to be able to do the same thing now that I'm pastoring, and mm. um, you know. But I mean, don't get me wrong, ministry is a heavy load to carry. Um, But being able to see them, you know, because there are times where I see them go through hard patches in ministry. And in my mind, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, man, why would anybody want to even stay (laughs) in that kind of, you know, you know, but but seeing that. It's, it's a life of faith, really, you know, and when we think about faith, faith is something that you don't see, you, but you believe it, and so that's what the life of ministry is, and and I find joy in that, joy in the fact that God comes through every single time, yeah. you know, and um, if if there are any pastors' kids listening who their parents are much like mine, that ministry has been their livelihood, um, and I want to be very careful in how I explain this, but, you know, ministry is They don't have a second occupation. They don't have, you know, side jobs or whatever. So we get our livelihood from ministry. And Mm. um, it's not like other kids in the church who their parents have steady jobs, steady incomes. They don't really need to care about, you know, worry about bills or whatever. But when your parents are full-time ministry there are seasons where the church is doing great which means the pastor is doing great as well you know but then there are other seasons where the church is not doing so great which means that the pastor's family is not doing so great either you know and so it was during those times where um, finances were low and we, we weren't sure where the next, uh, bill payment was going to come from or whatever that I've seen God come through time and time again. And for me, that has become a joy just to see God show up, you know, and to see that, okay, he didn't just give us this calling to have us figure it out on our own. He gave it to us so that we could trust him. And so that has been a joy of mine just to see the faithfulness and the goodness of God with my own eyes. And um, you know another joy of being a PK is is um, being able to connect with other PKs like you guys. You know to to yeah, be able to connect with you guys and see that oh my gosh there are people out there who have the same story as mine you know it's just different characters different states or whatever because um truth of the matter is people can tell us as much as they want that oh I know how you feel I understand what you're going through but at the end of the day if you're not a PK you really don't know how we feel (laughs) you don't know what we're going through you know so so true My joy is being able to connect with other pastors' kids and seeing, and that really um, pushes me to keep going, you know, because there are other people who have the same story like me. So that's some of my joys in being a PK. Well, let let,
0: let me ask you this, CI. Now for, for Philip and you, Mm -hmm. um, and so because i'm i'm just kind of tracking along as 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 far as what you're kind of explaining to me but mm-hmm. as far as the depths of 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 your story both mm-hmm. you and philip or you personally in the ministry mm-hmm. was there a season where you were serving in the ministry as as an adult with mom and dad or yes with was, was your time there with them when, when you were young Yeah. yeah. Um, there
3: when we were in uh, Los Angeles and we were serving at my brother's church at Great Life 310 um, my parents were still kind of there all the time over the ministry alongside him so uh, Phil and I were there serving as youth leaders as well and so um, you know we were serving as youth leaders I was a part of uh, leading the praise and worship team and then I was also helping to lead the kids church. And so that was all pretty much under my parents. Um, so that was, you know, that was a, a joy being able to do that. Um, and then when we were younger in Hawaii, when my parents were actually the senior campus pastors of our church there, um, you know, I served in praise and worship, was a part of the youth team as well. So, you know, as as pastor's kids, you. Kind of get involved with everything, <laughs> you know, whether you want yeah, to or not. Real. But yeah, that's that's how it was when we were in California. Was both Phil and I were serving under my parents um, as youth leaders. Mm.
0: And and thank you. And the reason I asked that, CI, is because, you know, I'm I I serve here uh, mm-hmm. with my with dad's church,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, with my parents in there at their church. And mm-hmm. and as a grown man, as an adult. Mm-hmm. as 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 a committed couple, my wife and I to the mm-hmm. church, you sometimes get into some really tough conversation mm-hmm. as it relates to ministry and you got you both know this
2: yeah right you have some
0: tough conversation around, And so the reason that I asked that question to UCI, um, as far as you and Phil being in the ministry as adults, because I think we have mm-hmm. different experiences when we're young, right? As mm-hmm. you know, when when I was yes. in high school and I was in ministry with Dad, I understood ministry yeah. uh, from a different perspective. And then when I became an adult, I also I understood about certain responsibilities around, mm-hmm. you know, how decisions were made. Yeah. Like, and it's and as an adult, I've been able to engage with um, a dad in his church and and, and ministry as Mm -hmm. a whole, do some some tough conversations. Yeah. Um. And so my experience there as an adult has, you know, like,
2: uh,
0: like I said, it's just it's been tough in, in the sense where sometimes you you naturally your flesh wants to be angry, right? Yeah. When you you hear folks saying stuff or they're complaining. About you know that's you know at the end of the day that's still mom and dad, mm-hmm. right? So as a exactly. right, it's like man, that's my mom and dad. Like, how can I sit in this space mm-hmm. knowing that I hear the mumbling, I hear yeah. the <laughs> rumbling, right? yeah. still I have to keep my composure yeah. as a pk But the fleshly side of me wants to just like be angry, yeah. 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 How do you separate? And yeah. Not make, how do you not mm-hmm. make
1: everything that you hear personal? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah how have you navigated what is your experience with something like that and if so what have you done to overcome or what is the mechanism that you will you know that you use Mm -hmm. to kind of to, to survey through that yeah
3: well, you know, I, I will be, you know, one of the first to say that there are times where I've, I have messed up, you know, and allow my, <laughs> my my flesh to get the best of me, you know. But yeah. I mean, you in, in ministry, you just live and learn, you know, mm, and um, I think one of the things that. Um, kind of helped me is that my parents, you know, told me themselves that, okay, you know, CI, you don't have to fight our battles for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we we said yes to this. And when we said yes, that meant that God would give us the strength to, mm-hmm. you know, know when it's to bad, keep bad. our m- mouth shut, know when to respond. Um, and I think that's, uh, talking about the challenges of a PK, I think that's one of the biggest challenges is learning to not make your parents hurt your hurt because then it affects the way you love the church and it affects the way you That's love good. people and um, there have been times where I saw that my my love towards people of our church and I, I've allowed it to be um, blurred because of things that I've heard them say or maybe things that I saw them do that were dishonoring or disrespectful or you know whatever but I think, that is um, when my parents told me that it. I it kind of brought comfort to me in a way that you know they mm. told me you don't have to fight for us you know mm. and and so I think um, just just I think prayer has to be our biggest uh, weapon you yeah. know in that mm. okay Lord you put us here so that means you would give us the wisdom on how to love His people mm. because the yeah. church first and foremost it doesn't belong to us anyway in the first place you know and so that was kind of something that i actually just uh read about in my devotion this morning um when you know jesus told the disciples you know when you go into that village and if they don't welcome you uh you know shrug your shoulders and move on and i think that's kind of the hardest part about it being in ministry is is being humble humbly enough to kind of walk away uh you know for the lack of better words walk away knowing that you know what god will take care of them god will handle it at the end of the day and it's not our battle to fight so and so in
1: in like talking about um dealing with people and dealing with different emotions of Mm -hmm. the church and and, you know not having to take things so personal Mm -hmm. um I know you heard this term before and I, I, me and Boog heard it one too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about when people say uh, precious kids are the worst kids?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think uh... I, I personally don't like that saying. Um, yeah. I, I once heard someone say, uh, "Pastors' kids are the worst kids because they hang out with the deacons' kids." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but you know, Look, you're a deacon, right?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I am. I am.
3: <laughs> but you know, I, I think that that saying, you know, I I feel like it has two sides to it. Um, as far as people saying that about pastor's kids you know like i said you don't know what it's like to be a pastor's kid until you become one and so for Mm -hmm. anyone who is not a pastor's kid you know to say that i don't think it's fair to us as pastor's kids because um you really only see pastor's kids, you know, Sunday at church. And then, you know, if you have midweek Bible study and whatever. So what you see on at church or whatever is not their whole life. So, you know, to kind of put that saying upon them, um, I think to some, some, it's not, it's not fair. You don't really give them a chance to, you know, walk in those shoes of being a pastor's kid. But The reason why I say it's two sided is because sometimes, if we're honest as pastors' kids, we give people a reason to say that about us, you know? And so. Um, my my parents always used to tell us, you know, don't give people anything to talk about. You know, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. if you know that your social media doesn't line up with what your past your parents are talking oh. about on Sunday, oh. <laughs> then yeah. you know it's uh, you you're giving people that leeway. You give them that reason to to say that. So, you know, I think it goes both ways. Um, to those who are not pastors' kids, um, I think praying for your pastor and their kids is the best thing you can do, you know, but also to us as pastor's kids, it's not giving people anything to talk about, you know, it's not being fake, it's not hiding the real you, but at the same time, it's um be mindful. Yeah, being being mindful of, of the calling and because yeah. with the title comes an anointing and with the anointing there's there's responsibility. Mm. So um yeah, that's that's my take on that.
1: You know, it's funny because I was talking to me and Boog. Um we, we did our take earlier mm-hmm. on this on this thing and, and this came up pastors kids are the worst. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Boog, you know, my frustration growing up and listening to this was what do we go to a hotter hell?
3: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? It's like it's like if I sin because God's word is pretty much black and white.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so there's no gray area in God's word. He's really straightforward mm-hmm. with, with, with what he wants and, and how he wants us to be. Yeah. And so when people say so if i steal five cents out of my mom's person and you're a regular church member and you steal five cents do i go to a hotter hell because i'm the pastor's son yeah exactly <laughs> so if that's the case if, if that's true then i should get a better heaven when we go <laughs> to heaven yeah. you know what i mean i should get a bigger mansion or a better, a better halo you know what i'm saying and, so, and, and that's super
0: hilarious because my experience is so different mm-hmm. because when i hear that term Pastors' kids are the worst kids. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm probably one of the, one of the people who, who made that statement true. Yeah. Because the truth is, I made every single mistake you can imagine. Yeah, a, I mean, I was, you know, I was a renegade man. Mm-hmm. And it? I didn't realize that calling and understanding till. So later as I, as I, yeah. as I matured, you know, mm-hmm. so like I didn't, I heard that statement yeah. and honestly, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I didn't, you know, but you know, of course the Lord chasing me through a lot of that and yeah. I was, yes. like, to, to learn, but I, I appreciate you sharing that because yeah, you know, it's funny. Sorry. No, oh, go. Um. Me and Ci went to high school together. Is that
1: right? And Manny
3: yeah. made that right. statement true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you. I'm Thank you for, for not leaving
2: me I was out just there gonna myself. say.
1: I was just going to say, I never heard this thing in my life. This is a part of uh, the segment that Boog brought on to me. And I was like, the first time listening, like, what? I never heard Pastor's kids' other words. And I, I thought you would bounce for me, but I was yeah.
0: obviously, you not. On- that's the, Stop, the listeners want to
2: know. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on.
0: <laughs> I think that's super important because, yeah. I mean, as, as we grow um, in faith and we learn more mm-hmm. and stay obedient yeah. to the word of God that whatever position that we're in or we're called to be it's just trusting in the lord that he he will feel that calling
2: and and realizing
0: that you know that Mm -hmm. earlier than than later is super important Um, Mm -hmm. what would be ci your your message to of course we we have a bunch of listeners, and, mm-hmm. and shout out to all our listeners! Thank you all—the millions this, and yeah. millions the millions, <laughs> and millions of listening uh, listeners who are listening worldwide, mm-hmm. different <laughs> corners of the world. What would be your message to PKs who are listening, who might be struggling with identifying what their role is, mm-hmm. or just you know, who have that magnifying glass over them and mm-hmm. are struggling? to walk in their purpose like what would be your message to them
3: my message to them would be um, and you know not to sound cliche or anything but um, you really have to get to know your creator you know who is Mm -hmm. God you know know him for yourself um, because the thing is you know when we get to heaven God's not going to ask our parents to speak on our behalf you know he's not going to ask them to speak for the whole family as far as what did we do he's going to ask us personally and um you know i once heard someone say uh, god has no grandkids <laughs> which means that mm. just because your parents are pastors and christians and they're doing the will of god it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing that too you know and um the reason why i say that we need to find out who god is for ourselves is because i too was in a place one time where i was struggling to find my purpose you know because mm. um if you know my my older brother uh, Moses, he to me he always seemed like the one who just did everything that my parents wanted you know he was like the perfect son you know he <laughs> loved God, loved the church, he loved people um, and so for me, I was at a point one time where I was wondering man why why don't I have that same heart? Why don't I love people the way, I feel a pastor's a pastor's kid should, you know, and mm. at the end of the day, it was really because I didn't know who God was for myself. Yeah. And that is why, you know, um, when you had read my bio, that truly is one of my passion is that people would get to encounter Jesus for themselves. Because themselves, once yeah. you know who God is, you would come to find out that. just because you're a pastor's kid he doesn't expect you to be perfect you know Mm. but he does respect he does expect a higher responsibility and in order to fulfill that responsibility you have to know who he is and once you know who he is you be you come to find out who you are um and and so i think that would be my my message to other pks is that you know at the end of the day without the title you are still a son and a daughter of god and he loves you regardless and so um if you're trying to find your purpose or you feel like you're being pressured by certain expectations once you find yourself at the feet of jesus you will find that he doesn't care about the titles he wants your heart you know Mm. and so um that you know, without the title and everything, you are who God has created you to be. And, and, um, that would be my message is, is just to get to know God for yourself. Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. We appreciate you.
3: Thank you guys. um,
0: Coming onto the show, shedding light on something that's important to Manny and I, but Mm -hmm. I think that just offering, um, a space where, uh, listeners who are PKs can, can, can understand and and grow to know what their purpose is you're not Mm -hmm. alone and know
2: that they're not alone we definitely
0: appreciate that so uh, tell our listeners if they're in the in the las vegas area how they can connect with uh you and phil uh
3: if you're in the vegas area we have our services on sunday nights at 6 p.m uh and we're at sierra vista high school or you could just find us on social media uh and dm us or you know whatever and we'd love to connect Go ahead, shout out your uh, social media. Uh, okay, Facebook CI and um, <laughs> Instagram CI.g. And so, if you find me on there, then yeah, I'd love to connect with whoever's out there listening.
0: That's so awesome! Yeah, yeah. um, shout out to the Abdelu family, which is actually my family, yes, oh, the yeah, O-L-A-T-F-A family, yeah. So, Philip and I are cousins, mm-hmm. um, so Philip's grandfather and my grandmother are brother and sister. And then I'm related to the Katina
1: boys, so that makes CI related to me, right, CI? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so please send Philip my love and the
1: you, guys. love will
3: be definitely praying
0: for you, street out in Las Vegas, um, and we just pray that you know God's mercy yeah. and his love and grace yes. be upon you both. Thank you. We'll continue to order your, your steps and just strengthen yeah. you as you thank continue you so to much. grow his kingdom. So, thank you so much uh, for being on our show. You're listening to Big Oosh Radio, rocking with Big yes, Manny sir. and Boog. God bless. You're not rocking with Big Oose Radio. Yes, sir. Big Manny and Boog. Man, we're having some dope conversation here. Shout out to uh, Pastor C.I. Not for joining us on the yeah. uh this podcast. And we've titled this Jerusalem High. Cause just to add some some flair just uh more, you know, comedy to this segment. <laughs> um but we're breaking down uh this PK segment. Um and so we're excited about um having these conversations and where it's leading us and yeah. I feel super hopeful man around just all the, the great messaging that's, yeah. that's come up, Yeah. And clarity that's come about this. And so we're excited to have um, a guest, man. We have a guest with us, right, man? Yes, Manny? we do. Uh, Mrs. Rachel uh, Mangale. She's the daughter and pastors of Dan and Mabel Mangale, uh, her sis- sister of Sarah Mangale. Uh, their family moved to Seattle about 20 years ago, and they passed their Hilltop City Church, Seattle. So, and that was actually formerly White Center Assembly. Um And they're still here yep, serving. And, and serving. And the church has actually grown and expanded oh, out yeah. to Tacoma. Yep. And, and your parents actually pastor uh, Hilltop, Hilltop City Church, Tacoma. Tacoma. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, help us welcome Miss Rachel Mangale.
4: What's up, guys? What's going on, Rachel? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. We, we appreciate you being on here and taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us. It means a lot. Thank you. Um, so like I said, I mentioned earlier, we call this, this segment is called Jerusalem high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a PK segment where we're inviting in different, uh, PKs that just have some dialogue and context about their experience really with sure. being a pastor's kid. Um, when did you uh, realize that you were a pastor's kid? Yeah. Like what point in your life did you yeah. realize that, Oh there's this responsibility on me. Yeah. yeah. am yeah, yeah. PK. Like, when did that happen for you?
4: For sure. Um, well, like you kind of said in my, um, in my bio, my parents moved to Seattle to pastor um, what was then White Center Assembly um, in, 90, in
3: 1999.
4: And so um, I was seven at the time. And um, my little sister, Sarah, would have been about three or four. And so um, that's when we officially or technically became PKs. Um, I would say that um the kind of realization of the reality of being a pastor 's kid actually um happened a lot later for us um, and I would say that a lot of that is because um we just really felt like uh in our house at at, the, at least um the standard was already high um just <laughs> come. i mean if you know my parents at all like they are they're some of the nicest people you'll ever meet, but in our I house. I love your parents, man. Yeah. By the way. Just think that? <laughs> yes, Your parents for
0: are sure. so dope, man. Shout out to Pastor Dan and Mama Mabel yeah. Mangale. Yeah. Just really encouraging. I've I've got the opportunity to hear hear dad preach mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at different services. Man, just a powerful, mighty man of God.
4: Yeah, yeah. Sure. so when
0: did you realize that like at what point did you like realize like yo like there's a real response
4: mm-hmm. i would say probably in my um probably in like um i would say like middle school age um about um like kind of um mid-teens is kind of when um we started to realize man like so already there was a standard just in our household alone um but then um kind of realizing man this just being a pk even though we knew we were just like all all the other kids but um we knew that God also had like a like kind of like a, a a call for us too, you know. Um yeah. like there was a certain influence um that came with being a PK and so um probably just right around that time um started realizing that, you know, I mean that's an influence that we just have, and um so um take the opportunity and use it for the good stuff. So. so about middle school? Yeah, that's what I would say.
1: Okay. And so you know Vince is a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pastor's kid. Yes, you are. And- Vince,
0: when did you find out that? Like, when did it officially we hit you? Like, you know, what's crazy is that I probably the onus of of that responsibility really came, I would say, somewhere in my mid early twenties. Oh, wow. much later than that. Huh? Yeah, man, I was a renegade, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh, Rachel, you know, in, in having this discussion about pastors' kids, and we know the responsibility that comes. Uh, with it you know Uh, when you're first growing up you kind of don't know because you know um dad and mom answers the call yep and you yourself have to like get ready and (laughs) get ready for the ride Mm -hmm. you know and and so i know a lot of people that that uh probably wasn't ready or Mm -hmm. didn't you know they probably feel like oh this wasn't our call why are we being brought into this yeah um you know growing up you see your parents say yes to the call and you automatically have to jump in on board with them and so. Um, with that we know that it brings some challenges for sure Uh, maybe maybe a new life that you have to live or uh, so that's basically my question is what are some challenges um, that you had to face personally um, in your life Mm -hmm. as a PK
4: yeah for sure Um, that's a really good question Um, and I know it's different for um, you know PKs all around the world but um, Mm -hmm. for I would say for us um, one of the um I guess you could call it challenges um and one that I hear often talked about um kind of in PK circles is um man people talk right and so mm-hmm. um I've always we wow. just we just know that's the reality people will talk about your parents people will talk about you and um kind of because of just the nature of um of our position in the church um all eyes are on us all the time and so um I think um that is one of the one of the biggest challenges I constantly hear. Um and another would be um kind of finding the balance between living your life and um and ministry, you know, like when does where's family time fall in and how mm-hmm. do you how do you um find the balance in that life? Um, those are definitely some um some challenges that um that I that we've encountered as a family and um and kind of worked through um over the, the course of the last 20 years
0: is do you have like a personal experience of like a really frustrating season or moment uh, or challenge that you've gone through mm. and what's what's been I know I know for me I have a bunch of them yeah but there are there are some of those that I can easily pick out and say like yo I remember this time yeah. of yeah. Of, the, of mom and dad's ministry yeah you know yeah. where it was super charged. Really like I remember it, that <laughs> it was yesterday like Do you, do you, can you talk to us about that experience?
4: You know, like, I know it sounds crazy because it's not a, um, I guess it wouldn't be a typical response, but to be really, really honest, um, there hasn't been that kind of big dramatic moment, at least for, at least in my experience. And, um, and I probably could speak even for me and my little sister, like, um, my parents did, um, a really good job in my opinion of um wow. of like l- uh, teaching us that balance really early um and and showing us kind of like leading us so when things came up they never blew up to like this big thing where it was like oh man I don't know if I can make it I feel like thrown in the towel right here mm. um and but like it was always like this process that we all went through together and we we watched as they kind of set the example of how do you balance how do you um
3: how do you handle
4: it when people talk bad about you and um, kind of by, by their example, like, and th- one, their example, and then two, absolutely the grace of God. Um, mm. It's really just um, kind of made this life really not a burden, not, not at least for our, for us. And I know that that's not everybody's story, but um, I would say like of the lows, like I, like the lows don't even really feel like that low because I mean, just God's been really good. Um, and um, life's been really, really good for us, and um, wow. s- we just find a lot of fulfillment and um, in and you know answering the call of God for our lives and for our family. Yeah. And so, um, I know that doesn't quite answer your question, but uh, but really, no. that's the honest truth, um, mm-hmm. at least for me.
0: No, that's good. That that's good. And the reason that I asked that question is because I just want to. You know, Rachel, we have there are other listeners and, mm. and, and PKs potentially listening sure. to this. So I want to give them a framework in which they can hear, listen, yeah, and and maybe give them some some tips and some tools on how to deal with that. Yeah. Sure. That's where For I'm sure. really going no, with absolutely, that, that. Absolutely, If you have experienced that, mm. what what mechanism have you used to to get through that? For What sure. have you What have you done to you know bypass that? For sure. And I think it's very important to point out like. You know, it's all
1: different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's all different stories. Yeah. It's all different backgrounds, and and families are different, and and so you know, in hearing you know what you have to say about, there wasn't really a challenging time that I could really just pick out and be like, oh, this is the one where our man, yeah, I, the worst, I still yeah, remember this day, and yeah, and I think yeah. it's good to give different perspectives on like you know different types of PKs and 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 what we face and what we go through. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um. You know, now that we found out about the challenges, what are some of the joys that you found out in in serving um, under, you know, your mom and dad and then serving as a pastor's kid? What are some joys that you found um, through your own experience in your life that relates to being a a PK?
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's so many honestly in our in from our perspective um i would say it's been incredible to um belong to something that's like bigger than your than yourself you know i think like in general people kind of live and they've got their job and they've got their family but then there's um i feel like um, serving in ministry and um just kind of in the kingdom is like that bigger purpose like man like your whole life is not just about you it's not just about your family but man really you're like you're you're serving god and um i think there's no no greater call and nothing um more fulfilling than that um yeah. i think I've, I, we've been blessed like i feel like um our church has always been um the second family like the entire the pretty much the entirety of the church has
2: mm-hmm.
4: watched us grow up and um they're like our like you know the kids are like our siblings everyone is uncle and auntie um You just always have a second family um, surrounded. You're surrounded by a family just all the time. Um, We've been privileged to be able to like travel the world, kind of with mom and dad um i haven't traveled
2: anywhere <laughs> mom, man. Man, and... on their own. <laughs> right <laughs> they never take me
4: anywhere yo <laughs> maybe it's because we're girls but they just yeah our girls, oh, that's, true, that's true yeah that's they true. took us along they took us along man so we've been the renegade i am uh, i know renegade <laughs> yeah. they probably left you at home for a reason no 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 Pastor Dan
0: and Mama Mabel, if you're listening, can you take please us. take us somewhere
4: I don't think we're interested please, in Tara adoption right home. now, but take
0: Nanny and I
1: please and so you know Rachel' talking about like because um, I heard you mention um the church being a second family mm-hmm. um pretty much like having a second set of eyes uh to yeah. watch you and and to you know help help with your growth and stuff like For that. Sure. Have you ever dealt with um uh, what was life like being under the magnifying glass? Because mm. me and Boog was talking about this. And, and you know, obviously we have different <laughs> stories about being under the magnifying glass. Me personally, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think being young growing up to, I shared this before, that growing up to like eighth grade, I've lived a certain way. Mm. And then when I became ninth grade, um, dad became a pastor. Yeah. And so now it's this whole new set of eyes watching me. It's, mm-hmm. I feel like there's cameras everywhere and, you know, I have to move a certain way and things like that. Have you yeah. ever, or what were some things that, that you had to deal with or how did you handle that? Yeah. Uh, knowing mm-hmm. that people are always watching your every move.
4: For sure, for sure. I know that's uh, that's definitely a, um, uh, one of the, the major, like, complaints of, like, PKs all around is, um, man, like, we just feel like we're, observed on a different level and you know everybody's watching and um i think one thing that uh, my parents instilled into us real early was um one you can't you can't you can't live for the people you know um Mm. i mean you you i think you have to carry the weight of um of like your influence right like so god put you there and so you do have to carry some of that weight but you can't be doing Mm. it for them or or else you might as well not you know what i mean um yeah yeah and so um I think it has just always been the anthem and like the, the it's like that broken record in our family that you know like everything we do, we do it as if um, it's only God watching and um mm. as long as you live um for that audience then um then you really you don't have hard. to yeah you you won't <laughs> have to worry about the rest
2: yeah
4: and that's um good. and even if they like because the honest truth is if you live to try to please you know your church of like 300 that's 300 different sets of oh what should rachel she what should she be doing this is what she needs to be doing mm. you'll never please everybody <laughs> but um you know if you like But if you um, put the the first things first and man, God, if you're pleased with my life and what I'm doing, then, um, then that's enough for me. And um, everybody else has
1: got to deal with it.
4: Yeah. You know, (laughs) hello.
1: (laughs) And so my next question was going to be, have you always enjoyed being a PK, but obviously it sounds like uh, you're traveling. (laughs) Living
4: my best (laughs) life out here. (laughs) And so I
1: want to, I want to ask another question Uh um, because, you know, growing up in ministry, and, and not just growing up in ministry, but being a PK, being a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times there's pressure, right? Yeah. And there's a, there's expectations, sure. right? Yeah. But um, sometimes people feel like, okay, you can speak well. Your dad speaks well. So because you speak well, oh, you should be the next pastor. <laughs> or You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Or because, because um, dad led worship and He's amazing at it, and now you play yeah. the, the, the banjo, <laughs> right? But yeah, the banjo, banjo. <laughs> and you say that it, um, you should become the next, you know, this and the next yeah. that. What do, you, what do you say to people who's dealing with, um, just being under pressure by expectations okay. of not just uh, their own, you know, that the title, yeah. but also from other people in the church who might be saying stuff like. Man, you're going to be a pastor one day mm-hmm. because you, your grandpa was a pastor and your father was a pastor. And now, you know, you're the next generation yeah. and everybody is expecting you to be the one.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that's real. That 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 pressure is real. Um, I mean, if you know me and my mom, like, I'm kind of part two of her. And so I hear that all the time. <laughs> um, uh. You got to be the next pastor. You got to be. And so, um relatable. And then um, I think the biggest thing that I've always found is that um, kind of what I said earlier, but like people's expectations um, really can't hold as much weight to you as the call of God um, and what God is asking you to do. Um, Because I mean, you can hit every single one of their you know, expectations and things and then get to like, you know, you get to the end of the road and God's like, but that's not what I told you to do. That's not what I sent you oh. for.
2: Mm. And that's
4: what you answer for. And so um, I think like just kind of learning to tune your own, tune out all the other voices, um, even sometimes you're – Like and I say this with a great assault because you should listen to your parents and like listen to wisdom and counsel and all that. But at the end of the day, like the voice of God has got to be louder than than all the other voices that are saying, Mm. do this, go there, be in this ministry, and um and really that's gonna be your that's gonna be your key to um to to doing what you're meant to be doing. And so, um, I guess what I would say to to PKs who are kind of in that in that position where they're feeling pressured, man, learn to tune out the voices. And, um, Mm. and really, you know, the only way you can do that is spending your own personal time with God and um, hearing for yourself, like, man, this is Rachel, this is what I called you to do. And, Mm. and you'll find that when you're doing what God's called Rachel to do, then it's easy and it's, it's not a burden and you're not like drained all the time. And um, you, you, that pressure, it relieves that pressure. And so,
1: yeah, I think it'll be sad for somebody to do like 40 things and complete them and then get to heaven and then God is like I only called you to do
4: <laughs> <laughs> well but, my mouth mean, mind, that yeah. means I'm in a world of trouble <laughs> <laughs> there's grace there's grace, room at the cross Ooh, I
0: yeah. like that
4: does grace ever run out? No maybe for being booked? Well <laughs> <laughs> y'all trying the limits maybe but no, no, no. <laughs>
0: you know i thank you for for answering that you know being a pk <laughs> right there's these stigmas oh. right there's this perception sure. there's these ideas <laughs> you know of what pastor's kids should be how they should act yeah how they should carry themselves yeah so on and so forth stuff that i know that you two have experienced mm-hmm. and so i share that experience with you yeah. because i know one, you both can relate. Mm. What is your thought about this saying? And it's a saying that that that's very debatable. That we go back and forth in yeah. talking about. Um, just
4: laughing, um <coughs> give it the to me the past kids are the worst kids oh what are you thoughts about that saying? what are my thoughts idea? how much time you got bug how much time you got <laughs> i never heard this in my life by the way <laughs> it's because they were talking about you no i'm just kidding <laughs> um man that saying i've heard i've literally heard all my life um mm. and mm. i think um really it comes from, or I would say it stems from like, um, and I can only speak to One churches. I mean, now we're like a multicultural church, but I grew up in, you know, pretty traditional One churches. And mm-hmm. so um, Ones, which for good reason, um, you know, they, they, they carry a different level of respect and honor for their pastors, which is like totally what you should do. Um, but I think part of that pedestal, um, over the years has also become, like, elevating um, the kids up there, too, to mm. where, like, we, car- we carry these PKs as if they they aren't kids, you know? Um, and so I think when we say, when they say that phrase, man, pastors' kids are the worst, it's like, really, they're doing the same thing any other kid would do. It's mm. like, mm. if a regular kid lied, And then a pastor's kid lied for some reason that sin is a lot heavier for the pastor's kid than it is for anybody else's kid. And so, um, I think at the end of the day, kids are kids and, um, they have to learn, they have to grow, they have to, um, be developed. And so, um, just the same way we would give grace to our own kids and we give grace to all the regular kids who are running around is the same grace that these kids need to be able to grow. Um, and I think, um, you know That's life good. honestly is hard enough without without the pressure of being a pk um, and so um, i would just i would encourage anyone who's listening um, who had who knows pastor's kids or you know that kind of thing even pastors to their own kids man have some grace for them you know and um and, and, Say
2: it again, uh... <laughs> an and louder Say the back <laughs>
4: yeah. man <laughs> yeah for real have some grace for them um... people have some grace for me <laughs> take up take up I don't know if y'all count as a uh, pastor's kids anymore. Uh, we we won't call out ages and nothing, but um, uh, but no, for real. And and I think um, you know, when we realize when we put it in perspective, um, the standard like you, there's no like when you get to heaven, there's no like higher list of like rules for pastor's kids than it is for anyone else. They're even across the board, Um, whoever you are, whatever background you come from. And so um, I say, be gracious to them, Um, help them along the way, like do everything in your power to um, make sure that they, um, you know, turn out okay at the end. And then my second part is, uh, and I'll be real quick about it, is that um, I feel like the more you say it, um, you're really just speaking it into existence Um, Because I think that your words are super powerful. And um, so when, when you keep saying pastor's kids are the worst, pastor's kids are the worst. And then all of a sudden you've got a kid who is becoming a pastor's kid. They're like, man, I always hear that they're the worst. And so I guess I'm just going to try to test it. And so is that what you did? Is that what you did Emmanuel?
1: No but no but it's very true because yeah. when I when I started hearing these things, right? Mm-hmm. I almost to be honest book I took it like a challenge. You know what I'm saying? And if and if I felt like on a real, right? If yeah. I felt like well I'm not I'm not really bad, yeah. but yeah. every time I make like a little slip up here and a little slip up here, wow. you know, growing up and people would say, "Oh my gosh, Pastor kids are the worst." Mm-hmm. I almost took that like, "Oh, you want to see worse? <sighs> okay, yeah. then let's do this." You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean? And I see that as a challenge more than anything. Yeah. And so, thank you for sharing that, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then that grace that God, that Rachel was talking
4: about. Yes. <laughs> so um well, oh oh yeah. wait wait long.
0: Rachel, because because of. The stigmas that mm. we just talked about, yeah, and you you were able to weigh in on. Did that make you a little more cautious about decisions you made, about how you carried yourself, so on and so forth? Did you find yourself like, oh, I got to be super extra, like yeah. right, cautious about mm. what I'm, where where I'm going, yeah. who I'm with, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that at least in in in, in my life. Um, and I would say for Sarah too, um, I think one thing that we, one thing that I remember being really uh, aware of was that like, so yeah, there's this thing about, um, like people look at us and they're like, oh, um, the pastor's kids, the pastor's daughters. And so I feel like, um, we already, I mean, we had been taught at that point to, you just live for God and you just, um, live in a way that honors God with your life. Um, but what it did teach us was that, um, be all the more like down to earth. I don't think there's when you are a pastor's kid and looking at other pastors kids, I don't think there's anything more annoying than pastors kids who walk around like they're all that, you know, in a bag of chips. And so yeah. me and Sarah, um, I would say when we were still pretty young, we just kind of like made this thing between us. Like nobody will, will um, basically like nobody, we didn't ever want someone to be able to say that about us. Like, um that oh my gosh, yeah, they're the pastor's kids, so they don't do nothing. So like if there was one person, like if there was someone washing the bathrooms, like we were we'd be right there, like, oh, we're gonna wash it together. Mm. And if they're putting away chairs, we're about to be putting chairs away together. If mm. they're serving That's if there are girls serving, like we're about to be right there. And and so um I think yeah. that was a that was one thing that was important to us because we never wanted people to be like, Oh, they're treated differently because they're yeah. they're that or that and so um, I think that was really like a thing for us, um, but it, that was something that we were really, that was, if anything, being a pastor's kid meant serve more, like lead by example, mm-hmm. but also like just be normal, you know, be yeah. be like everybody else. And so, um, yeah, that. I think that's Dude, you're
0: you're like the perfect pastor's kid. Don't though, even man. say that because yeah. let me just tell you let get my mom on
4: here. She will tell you how not perfect yeah, that is. Mom on here
0: so she
4: She'll be like, like no, world she world. She east, she's probably she's probably east, so she's not a, she's like, not perfect. <laughs> no, Maybe you
0: know, don't. And, and I, I I say that to say because you know, as a PK mm-hmm different seasons of my life I made a bunch of mistakes oh, for sure. Same. I made, a, I made a, a, a bunch of mistakes that have been you know I would consider really detrimental to the ministry for you know mm-hmm. for mom and dad's sake yeah and I shame them because of some decisions that mm-hmm. I've made yeah and I've had to and and those those seasons have helped me to grow
2: yeah for sure but, but
0: those have been some really frustrating moments also okay. in my life that yeah how you know because the magnifying glass and having to feel like you have to be a certain way or, you know, to, to not bring shame upon your family and mm-hmm. the ministry. Like, have you have, 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 you ever had any of those experiences or those moments?
4: Man, really? I mean, not to say that I'm perfect. Cause I'm totally not, but, um, I haven't <laughs> had that. I haven't had um, an experience like that. And I, and I know exactly like I know, I know what that means. I know the weight of that. You mm. know, like representing your family well because you also your the way you live is like a reflection of the church, a reflection of your parents. Mm. And so, um, man, by the grace of God, like we haven't had any of those like crazy episodes or crazy seasons where um, you know, we just yeah, ate everything and and ran, but um uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um But really, um, yeah, again, it's just, just been by the grace of God. And, um, I think really, um, how mom and dad raised us, um, not to do it for, not not to do it for the people or not to do it for like, you know, for the people looking, but, um, they really just pushed us to love God. And, um, one thing about them is they never forced us really to do anything like it, like it was, they've always preached to us, man, like it is way more important to, um, to God to have your heart than to have your hands doing the right things. You know what I mean? And so, um, I think, um, just kind of life the the way it's, um, um, it's worked for us is, um, just been that we've, we've enjoyed this journey and, um, and we've, we love God. And so that's just kind of been the thing that has held, held things together for us. So.
0: Awesome. Thank you. What would be your message, Rachel, to, Listeners that are listening in right now mm. pk 's kids or what you know or just anybody in general who might be listening, what would be your your message? What would you want to convey to them for sure uh, as it relates to you know their own stories, their own walks of life, where mm. they might somebody might be struggling to identify what their role is yeah. uh, to being a pk um, or just being pressured by different expectations that might be upon them. Mm. Uh, What would be your, your message to them?
4: Ah, that's a big question. (laughs) Um, I think it reminds me of, um, I think it was just a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago that, um, um, my dad's, my dad's younger brother, um, my Uncle Ray in Frisco, shout out to Uncle Ray. Um, he was installed as, um, as a pastor of, um, like, um, of our, my childhood church. And so, um, and he has two sons, um, Daniel Ray and Abraham, And so when, when that whole transition was happening, obviously Sarah and I were were like older, we're pretty much, we're adults. And so, um, and Dan, I think uh, Abraham is still super young. Um, He's probably like, uh, I think he's six now. And um, Daniel Ray was in middle school. But um, during that season, when they were getting ready to become pastors, um, me and Sarah took time um, and just took the boys out to eat. And um, we were older one um and we were kind of just sharing our experience and um i think one thing that we were encouraging um him about and i guess would be also my encouragement to other pks and or people who are becoming pks and you know they have no idea what to expect um is that like really a lot of people will say that the life is like it's it's a hard life you know um being under the microscope and they've got they'll have like a list of a hundred things that um you know that make it hard um but really um I would say that the why um from coming from that angle is that um uh, man like serving God is always worth it and um and really like if once you embrace it like i i I really believe that you'll you'll come to love it um i think on the whole for us um seeing people like people's lives changed. Um, mm. We've seen some dope things like um, just God moving in like different countries. We've seen like super crazy, incredible things. And so um, I think at the end of the day, we'll like 10 times out of 10, we'll say that like the life is worth it um, for the the lows. Like there's been so many more highs and mm. um I would say that that is one thing I would also say to those um, you talked about people who feel like they're um, living under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would say um, two things. One is kind of what I said earlier about living just for the audience of one. Um, But my second part to that, I would say is that um, at the end of the day, like you are not, and I want to say this like nicely, but you are not the whole thing. You're not like the end all be all. Mm. of, like, your parents' ministry. You're not the end-all, be-all of, like, the church or the kingdom. Like, um, and you have to kind of live in in that balance, like, where, man, you are important. And, like, it's important for you to show up and do your part. Um, But, like, I kind of think of, like, you know, baseball, like, um, or softball, where, you know, if you don't step up to the plate, like, eventually uh, they'll call up the next batter. Mm. And um, But the truth is, like, your, it's in your best interest um, to jump in to whatever it is that God's doing um, in your ministry or in your parents' ministry. And um, it's in your best interest. And like, cause like, I, I really believe that like the, the life is rewarding, um, like serving God, like it, it pays off in ways you can't even like, you can't put it into money. You can't put it into yeah. like any, like, there's, there's no way to um, really quantify it, but um there's like a blessing that comes with it and so really like you know um take the pressure off in the way that like man like if you don't step up like god will call the next person but for the moment that you have an opportunity to like make an impact you have this small window of time where you have an opportunity um, to do something bigger than yourself man take it like swing and um and so um that would be that that's good my last one is for my PKs who, are, who have been, like, in this for a while mm. and are just finding it hard and, or, like, coming up in, like, in one of those rough seasons. Um, I don't know how else to say it except that, man, if God's called you there, like, he will grace you for it. Mm. And so no matter how hard it might seem right now and no matter, like, how difficult this storm might be Uh um the end is coming like it is like a storm there's no storm that lasts forever and there's like a cloud can't just hang in one place forever like the end will come the um like there is light there is hope and um you're not the only one like i think a lot like that's kind of the struggle with pk sometimes is they feel like really alone as if like i am the only one that this has ever happened to Um, but the truth is like, you're, you're, you're not the first, um, you're not the only, and you're probably not going to be the last one to go through what you're going through. Um, and so like, really, I think my encouragement is to, um, to build yourself a circle, like a circle of people who, um, can speak to you in that season and like really call out the best in you. And, um, and just to trust God that, um, like he will help turn all things around for your good. Yeah? Like, if we believe the Bible, believe the Bible. It says yeah. uh, that he will turn all things around for our good, for those who love him. And so um, mm. that's really, not to preach or nothing, but... <laughs> preach. <laughs> preach. Yeah. So we,
0: appreciate, we appreciate you um, coming onto the show, Rachel. Thank you. Shedding light on uh, a topic that's near and dear to Manny and I. We appreciate your words of wisdom yeah um we thank you for you know your boldness in in standing firm for the word of god for supporting mom and dad's ministry our prayers are with you uh, with you. mom and dad in, in hilltop city seattle yeah and we just we, you know want to thank you for just taking the time yeah to share your heart with us and our prayers are with you and blessings over you you. and make sure you let mom and dad know to, on the next trip to take uh, Manny and I (laughs) to to leave
4: you and Sarah at home. Nah, fam, nah, fam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being uh, with Uh, us. So if folks are in Seattle, in the Seattle area, how can they connect to Hilltop city, Seattle,
4: man? Yeah. You can, uh, you can look me up on social media or um, Hilltop city church, Google it. Um, our address will be there. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram. Coming live shortly. Um, so yeah.
0: What time are services?
4: Eight thirty a.m. on Sundays. In uh, and we're located in um, what is that? SeaTac. So. Okay. You guys right only do, do one
1: service uh, right now?
4: Yes, right now one one Sunday service. Okay. Um, but we've got youth services throughout the week. Um, young adult meetings, that kind of stuff. You guys have breakfast? <sighs> <laughs> nah, but I think you two owe me breakfast. So <laughs> let me know when I can cash in on that.
0: Okay, yes. We definitely owe you breakfast. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
4: Thank you for being on the show, Miss Rachel. Thank we you. appreciate you. God bless
0: you. You're listening Thank to you. Big Goose Radio. Yes, sir.